Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Non-Human Resistance to Storcery. Written by Anna I. Conda 69. Telepathic report sent from High King Nosium CVII. Star-eyed, the divine guardian spirit of Kao, and relayed through 154 royal telepaths. May their sacrifice be rewarded as they ascend to the celestial gardens of our lord. Greetings to you, my most glorious sire. Forgive in your mercy that your servants bring ill news once more. The human homeworld still eludes us, and we were unable to even learn the name of the god of humans, let alone find its residence. Forgive us, my lord, but any attempts at diplomacy will have to wait for now, at least until we know who truly leads the human race. The servants of your divine kin are looking too. I am sure that we will be able to find something substantial in time for my next report. We have already discovered four major human core worlds, and we know for sure that they control no more than ten worlds total. Surely, a god of humans would be an arrogant fool to think that it can stand against an entire celestial host. Now, to more pressing matters. It has been made known to us, O enlightened lord, and we risked our souls to relay this knowledge to you so quickly that our adversaries, the humans of Sol, possess an extraordinary level of resistance to sorcery in all of its forms. Tests conducted on captured humans as well as battlefield observations have proven this beyond a doubt. As you surely know, my lord, all fronts are in disarray. This new method of warfare is unknown to us, and we struggle to adapt their wicked machines to great effect. In a series of space battles, our enemy has pursued and engaged with extraordinary forces of our ally's servant, General Duran, and your own servant, King Klesa. Klesa acted upon your direct order, and the enemy core world Sapphire has been purged of all life. However, both of our fleet and the Allied One are believed to be lost with all hands. We mourn the loss of the brilliant statesman and a war hero. May he find his way to your celestial gardens. But even as we grieve, we also rejoice, knowing that a vicious blow has been dealt to your enemies. But I digress. As you know, my lord, our enemies are truly bizarre. Initial engagements with the humans both in space and ground warfare indicate that the enemy not only doesn't utilize sorcery, but is impervious to our own arcane efforts. The only way to destroy human soldiers and machines in battle seems to be through direct physical damage, either by use of explosive ordnance or melee. The humans fight, communicate, and coordinate without magical means, using a method that we were unable to detect. They do not use thralls in combat and talk to one another by barking into a box. 
They do not utilize war animals or bioconstruction of any kind, relying on their abominable thinking machines instead. How this species was able to revolve and thrive without being attuned to the world spirit and mind-controlling animals is currently unknown. There are many theories. Some of our analysts suspect that the humans are purposefully hiding prodigious arcane abilities, only to surprise us at the right time. Others suspect that humans channel their magical powers in previously unknown ways, creating a shield or a null bubble to protect themselves. The latter theory is pure conjecture, if I may add, and the Thukus and the Blind had been a main proponent of this misbegotten idea. It is only fitting that the fiefs of this lunatic be given to me, my lord, so that they may be better serve your cause. Some of your subjects have already given up reason and resorted to paranoia, calling the humans the empty ones and the soulless. I for one refrain from making hasty judgments of such unscientific nature, especially after less than just a month of proper hostilities. Although, I must admit, my lord, that this matter worries me greatly. I must mention that as far as we know, human society does not include the equivalent of a wizard king, telepath, or sorcerer. Their cultural texts do not mention a guardian spirit, although they do mention the gods of some kind. As shocking as it may sound, humans don't share a common belief, leading many of us to suspect that they are either incapable or unwilling to access the spiritual world. It is very possible that they are so ignorant as to the know of its existence. Perhaps their guardian spirit simply left them to fend for themselves, either as a punishment or as an experiment. In either case, we will need to restructure our entire war doctrine and adapt to this unexpected development. With humans harassing spinewood reach and common fleet cut off from the supplies, we risk losing critical infrastructure. Our armies are not equipped or trained to deal with this new, unconventional style of warfare. Enemy drives and plating are more or less similar to ours. However, the enemy relies solely on kinetic impactors of many kinds and cutting beams of light to destroy our forces. They are also very skilled in information warfare and navigation. On the ground, enemy troops do not engage in close combat, avoid forming lines, and rarely perform charges. Their resistance is not like a rigid wall, but as a young river. Their forces flow and ebb, eluding our wrath and taking a fearsome toll on our troops. However, I have witnessed firsthand a decisive attack performed by human heavy infantry directly from orbit over one of my fiefs, the World Refinery of Sidio Finko. This leads me to believe that humans of soul are exceptionally adept at warfare and have a doctrine for every situation. Back on the matter of human resistance to sorcery, I'm including two of the many observations we gathered, all leading us to the same conclusions. The first observation performed during King Kles's fleet attack on the enemy colony Sapphire. The subjects were a batch of prisoners taken from the Sapphire's non-military orbitals just prior to the virus bombing. Approaching the orbital on his grand flagship Wings of Deliverance, Klesser attempted to enthrall the human inhabitants. A full choir of veteran mindbenders present on the flagship took part in the incantation. 
The ritual was performed without errors and repeated six times, yet none of Kless's mindbenders were capable of enthralling even a single human civilian. After the boarding action had followed, many civilians were captured without heavy resistance. A group was brought in chains aboard Wings of Deliverance for interrogation. During the interrogation, a Gawi battle mage named Sparktongue took offense at something one of the prisoners said and attempted to engulf the blasphemer in spectral flame. To his confusion, the human was not only unharmed, but barely even acknowledged the attack, expressing only mild pain and discomfort. His body was not damaged in any visible way. Many other battle majors of various ranks were called, but all failed to inflict fatal damage on the prisoner. The test took two days while the fleet elements virus bombed Sapphire, and, as far as we know, yielded nothing substantial. Soon, Klesser was intercepted by the human fleet, the wings of deliverance was boarded, and we lost contact. The last message from the king was a psychic death scream heard by even the youngest of our telepaths. The second observation comes from the ground engagement that took place last week on our remote outpost show, where I was at the time present to inspect the construction of the grand carrier, his radiant wings. As you surely know, this planetoid housed your majesty's military shipyard and a garrison of 6,000. In a surprise raid, a trio of human assault cruisers neutralized the defenseless of the show and landed their troops using peculiar unarmed craft. The garrison was not prepared for ground combat, and I must mention that the human warriors resembled walking tanks rather than infantry. The only thing of value that we have from this engagement, which I barely survived myself, is a first-hand experience of the enemy warriors. Humans are ugly, bipedal, hulking beasts, shorter than your faithful subject, and with only two arms, but about twice as heavy and as strong as us. They appear rather agile for their bulk and possess extraordinary motion control, battlefield awareness, and most of all, durability. I have witnessed humans fighting with shredded limbs, critical brain trauma, burned and electrocuted, Unwounded, they can fight for more than four hours, but we do not know their full capabilities. The observation was penned by my late advisor and bodyguard, Chief Sorcerer Diaza, who gave her life in an effort to save my life from a human assassin. During the attack, many such assassins were sent out, presumably to hunt me down. How the humans knew that I was there is a mystery. The one human that managed to find me promptly butchered my small entourage, including two Bontu Greymanes, veterans of many battles. They were instantly killed by a roaring, short-snouted weapon. With my bodyguards dead, the situation looked dire. With no options left, Diaza let out a valorous cry and it channeled her life essence into a mighty blast of psychic energy. My assailant was thrown back and, I assume, grievously wounded. We were then forced to make a hasty withdrawal from show on one of my emergency ships. It is a miracle that I still live, and I thank you, Lord, for your protection. Diaza expired soon after, but not before she wrote a detailed report on what transpired. 
In light of these troubling developments, I implore you, my lord, to oversee a complete reconstruction of our armies, draft additional soldiers, and order the incumbination of no less than twelve cohorts of bio-constructs. The war is not anywhere close to our most valuable holdings, but we must be cautious and have the means to defend ourselves. A telepathic reply from the Divine Guardian Spirit of Kao, the High King of Nossaman CVII, the Star-Eyed, as relayed through one royal telepath, may her sacrifice and those that perish from being nearby when the message was received be a succulent morsel in the beak of our Lord. Hunger, bring me humans. End of story. Story number two. Food Preparation Ritual, written by Twister underscore Robotics. I failed to see the purpose of these preparations, I said to my friend as I stood in the doorway of his food preparation room. Well, he said as he grabbed various small containers and shook ground vegetables matter into a metal container and the heating element. Like most species in the galaxy, humans found that heating food in certain ways enhances their available nutrition. I know that, but only humans devote an entire room to their residence to heating food. And this ritual that you are performing, the meat has already been heated. Why are you not eating? Oh, that. Humans got bored with just heating meat, and over time we have developed many different ways of preparing it and seasoning it to make the eating more enjoyable. And don't worry, I'll be done here in another five minutes, and dinner will be ready in about forty-five Dave proceeded to add liquids and small vegetables to his metal container, which already contained the preheated meat. As he worked, the liquid thickened, and a very interesting smell developed. After a time, he must have decided that it was ready and poured it into a flat rectangular container made of ceramic. Then he took a mashed root vegetable from another metal container and spread it on top. After adding some yellow and white strips to the top, he opened the cabinet below the heating surface. I could feel the heat released from the door when it opened. The whole inside of the cabinet was also designed for heating food. Dave placed a ceramic container of food into the heating cabinet and closed the door. Okay, Ganesh, I've got the timer set. Let's go sit down until we're ready. We spent the next while sitting in the other room and talking about various cultural differences, though Dave refused to explain his food preparation ritual, only telling me that I'll have to wait until after I'd eaten it. After the time, there was a beep from the food preparation room, and Dave went to get the food, telling me to just wait there and he would bring it out. He returned with a small bowl in which sat and what appeared to be a square block. Yellow on the top, a thick layer of white, and then the bottom was a brown and grey, with a green and orange spectacles. I recognized some of the vegetables that he had added, though the arrangement was very confusing. Then I took a bite. Holy na! What did you do to this? This is the most enjoyable thing that I've ever eaten. I exclaimed around mouthfuls of this, whatever it was. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below. 
for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.